Hello, and welcome to The Anxious Adventurer. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Katie Schlegel, your host here on The Anxious Adventurer podcast. And I'm sure you know this by now, but I have a little confession to make. I totally get anxious when I travel, and I'm what you call an anxious adventurer. I know that may sound contradicting, but I'm here to tell you that if the thought of traveling somewhere brings up those feelings of anxiety or stress, you've come to the right place. I've traveled to over 17 countries around the world. I've lived in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and trekked across South America solo. I don't say these things to impress you. No, that is not what I'm here for. I say these things to let you know that every single one of those experiences had moments where my anxiety made me feel like I could not do it. So if that's how you feel or have ever felt, you are not alone. Okay, you guys, I have another review to shout out. I don't know if I've said this before, but honestly, receiving and reading these reviews seriously makes my week. So I'd like to give a little shout out to Estelle Menard, which by the way, I love your name. Estelle says, speaking as someone who is a million places she'd love to visit and yet has never taken the plunge to actually go to those places, I'm really enjoying listening to the tales of Katie's adventures. The descriptions of her travels paint a vivid picture, and I am in awe of the bravery and courage she possesses as she steps out into the world to chase after her dreams. I'm looking forward to finding out where we travel in her next episode. Goodness gracious, amazing. I love this so much, Estelle. Thank you for leaving such an amazing and thoughtful review. I totally made my week, and thank you for the compliments as well. My hope is that you too will get out there and go to one of those places you've been dreaming of, and maybe, just maybe, today's episode will be just what you need to hear to do so. But we'll get into that part in a little bit, promise. First, I want you to know that I'm listening to you, and when I get feedback that really resonates with me, I want to make sure I incorporate it into the podcast. So this one is in thanks to one of my faithful customers and supporters of me and Mariposa's guys, Birdie. Thank you, Birdie. I want this podcast to be a resource. I've said that before, I know. And Birdie mentioned that she really liked how I incorporated what to wear in episode one on our trip to Papua New Guinea. And since we traveled to Morocco in our last episode, I thought I would tell you a little bit about how you can fit in and be more comfortable walking around the cities or towns in Morocco. On my first visit to Marrakesh, I really didn't do a good job at dressing appropriately. Now, don't get me wrong, I wasn't walking around in miniskirts and low-cut blouses or anything, but I could have done a better job at fitting in with the local culture. On my second trip to Marrakesh, I did a much better job and was even told that I dressed like a local. And to me, that was a huge win because normally, no matter where I've gone in my travels thus far, I stick out like a sore thumb with my blonde hair and blue eyes. So here's a little ditty I like to call what to wear and what not to wear. That is the question. Moroccan style roundup. Morocco is a conservative country. As I mentioned in the last episode, its predominant religion is Islam. And really what that means with women and dress is you cover up and are respectful in what you wear. 
Now, I mentioned on my first trip that I dressed in totally the wrong garb for such a conservative country, and that meant a lot of attention. So much so that one guy was bold enough to pinch my butt, and if my friend was not there to grab my arm, I would have turned around and cropped my god his little behind. And just a note, that is so out of character for that city. I'm not sure if he was a local or tourist, but typically that is not how they treat women there, just so you know. The second time I visited Marrakesh, I was treated with much more respect because I dressed more conservatively. So what's the difference and what should you wear and not wear? Here are my recommendations. To fit in more and feel more comfortable walking around the streets, plazas, and souks, wear long ankle-length dresses that are baggier not form-fitting. You don't need to cover your head unless you enter a mosque, but I would suggest carrying a wrap of some sorts with you, just in case. If you're more comfortable in pants, again, my suggestion would be baggy with a baggy shirt, plus a jacket or a wrap to go with it. You can still totally look cute, but just be sure to dress on the more conservative side. If you choose not to, then you may get more attention from men. And hey, to each their own. No judgment here. I just find the more attention I get leads to more anxiety, which makes it more difficult for me to convince myself to get out and explore. And to be honest, that's more important to me than looking a certain way. The more I can, air quotes, fit in, (laughs) the less anxiety seems to bubble up. If you want to avoid all eyes on you, then choose a dress that covers everything versus leggings and a t-shirt and boots. I know that sounds pretty conservative for many, but it's just not so while you're in Morocco. And there you have it. That concludes our style roundup for Morocco. I hope it helps you on your next trip. Now, on to today's episode. Can you believe this is already episode six? I sure can't. And thinking about what I wanted to talk about on today's episode, I said, Okay, Katie, you've talked about adventures and traveling, but you've really yet to address this anxiety while traveling. And if you're wondering if I actually said that aloud, yes, I talk to myself out loud all the time. I know. So in today's episode, we're going to take a break from traveling for just a bit and talk about the big old elephant in the room, being an anxious adventurer, and how to navigate that while traveling. So this week, I want you to put that passport away for now and relax for a bit, because we are going to talk about how you can make use of some great tips and tricks to navigate being an anxious adventurer. Recently, I came across a perfect word to describe travel anxiety. The word is Resferber. It's Swedish in origin, and it means the restless race of a traveler's heart before the journey begins, when anxiety and anticipation are tangled together. Isn't that such a perfect way to describe that? I am such an introvert in real life, which means a lot of unknowns make me feel really anxious. But with all this anxiety involved with traveling, you might be asking yourself, Is traveling really worth it? With today's technology, you can almost go anywhere with just a click of a button and a smartphone and totally negate those anxious feelings altogether. After all, traveling pushes your buttons 
It takes you out of your comfort zone and into the unknown. And for a lot of us, me included, that is super scary. Anthony Bourdain once said, travel isn't always pretty. It isn't always comfortable. Sometimes it hurts. It even breaks your heart, but that's okay. The journey changes you. It should change you. It leaves marks on your memory, on your consciousness, on your heart, and on your body. You take something with you. Hopefully, you leave something good behind. When I started Mariposa Skies, I had to not only learn the business side of it, but I had to navigate foreign lands while negotiating customs and cultures I was very unfamiliar with. And that can be overwhelming in and of itself. But I've learned when it comes to travel, I cannot let my anxiety stop me from experiencing new places. So you may be asking, how did you overcome your travel anxiety? Well, I didn't. I know what you may be thinking. Well, Katie, isn't that the whole point? Yes and no. Let me explain. With 25 years of traveling this great world, I have been able to teach myself some great hacks to help ease my travel anxiety so I can go about my work and play and not let my anxious feelings get in the way. Every time I set off on a new adventure, I have used these five tips and without a doubt, they have eased my travel anxiety tremendously. So now, having tested these tips time and time again, I wanted to share my top five with you. So here are my five tips to help ease your travel anxiety. Tip number one, sleep matters. This one's a tough one. And for me, it's been a hard one to crack, but I've found that doing this one thing really helps me to be able to sleep once I arrive to wherever it is that I'm going. This one starts on your flight to your destination. Try not to sleep until it's nighttime, wherever it is you're traveling to. It will help you get over the jet lag more quickly once you arrive. This also helps on your trip back home, by the way. It's not always possible due to fatigue, but when you can do it, it really works in your favor. It will help your body adjust to the time difference more easily, thus making you feel more normal and less of that travel anxiety when you first arrive at your destination. Here's tip number two, create a morning routine on your first day. Once you have arrived and settled in, creating a morning routine on the very first day is key. Why morning? Well, it gets you up, out, and about. My pro tip here is to find a local coffee shop and go to that same coffee shop every morning. I know you probably want to try all the things. After all, this is what adventure and traveling is all about, right? true, but hear me out on this one. If you go to the same coffee shop every day, the people who work there will start to get to know you or at least start to recognize you and remember you as well as what you like to order. It makes a new place that seems daunting or overwhelming much more friendly and like home. It also makes you feel like you can take on anything once you find a little bit of that familiar in a place that seems so unfamiliar. And it's only for coffee. You can venture out and try a new place to have breakfast. I did this when I was in Tokyo, Japan with my mom and Ubu Bali solo. So it works well with a travel buddy or by yourself. Tip number three, play the lost and found game. 
What does that mean, Katie? Well, spend the first full day after you arrive and are settled in exploring the surrounding neighborhood of where you are staying. Don't venture beyond your neighborhood just yet. Make a point to get lost and find your way, and then get lost again. The reasoning behind this madness is so you can get your bearings for the place you will call home for the next several days, weeks, or months. It will also help you get over your fear of losing your way when you're in another part of the city, which will happen. Trust me, it's all a part of the experience. This little game of lost and found will give you the confidence you need to find your way because you already got lost a few times before. Even the thought of getting lost in a new city can create a lot of anxiety. So before you head out for the more overwhelming parts of town, explore and get lost in your neck of the woods first. Trust me, it'll be so helpful. This is what I did on my first trip to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Remember that one? Where everything that could go wrong did go wrong? If I hadn't explored my part of town in the first couple days of being there, I would have never been able to find my way home after I missed my train stop twice. And if you're wondering what I'm referring to, go back and listen to episode three. You'll understand what I'm talking about. It's a good one. Tip number four, observe and imitate. Take the time to observe what the locals do and imitate. Even if you don't understand it quite yet, you'll catch on. Plus, if you're observant and imitate, then you're also being respectful of their culture and customs. But be careful not to mock. Oftentimes, we have travel anxiety because we get overwhelmed with thinking of all the differences between this new place and our familiar, cozy home, which makes this new place much scarier. When we have travel anxiety, our brains cannot automatically connect to a different culture if we don't intentionally take the time to do so. Observing will make what may seem strange to you start to have a more familiar feel. And if you choose to partake, then that really starts to connect you to a people and a culture, which in turn will bridge the gap between the you and them mentality. The whole point of travel is to learn and experience. Observing and revering what locals do will help you see the humanity you have in common versus all the differences there are between your culture and theirs, thus easing your travel anxiety immensely. And here's your last tip. Tip number five, take time to rest. This one can be a hard one to do, but will serve you and your travel anxiety greatly in the end. Don't always feel like you need to go, go, go. Take a day to sit in a coffee shop or go to the park and eat some ice cream. Heck, even take a nap during the afternoon. If you are constantly going, your body and mind will wear out and so will your patients, creating more travel anxiety. That definitely does not make for a fun traveling companion, or if you're traveling alone, makes you more irritable and not able to understand when things go wrong. It's like you have a short circuit, and all of that together will create more of those anxious feelings in your body. This is the opposite of what you want while traveling this beautiful world. The goal here is to enjoy your trip, So don't feel guilty about taking time to just relax and do nothing for one day. You may just experience something you would have missed out on otherwise. 
An example of this was the time I ate the most delicious green tea ice cream I have ever had while sitting in a beautiful, peaceful Japanese garden, enjoying the sunshine and the day. I want to encourage you and let you know you are not the only one who has anxiety while traveling. Just don't let your anxiety stop you from seeing all the amazing places this beautiful planet has to offer. After all, traveling has the power to change your life. I would even venture to say it will become one of your greatest teachers. You will make a lot of mistakes. I definitely have and still do. But it is my hope for you that you will learn from these tips and take them with you on your next adventure. So get out there and travel, my dear anxious adventurers. Go, have fun. We aren't quite done yet because I have a special treat that came from one of our listeners. It's our very first travel story that has been submitted by Linda G who's also been an amazing and longtime supporter of me and Mariposa Skies. Linda, you don't even know I was so excited when I saw your email with the subject line, my travel experience. Thank you so much for taking the time to write to me and tell me about your travel story. All right, now it's time to take out those passports you put away because we're taking a trip with Linda on her Mediterranean cruise. Our destination? Is Venice, Italy, with a little tale she likes to call, if at first you don't succeed, don't give up, or pack a plan B. I'll let you decide which one fits best. My husband and I planned a Mediterranean cruise that started in Venice. We arrived at the ship very early, thinking we could do some exploring before the ship sailed the next day. Unfortunately, the taxi drivers just went on strike, and we were stranded on the docks quite a far piece from downtown. Since it was too early to go to our cabin, we were just relegated to rather dejectedly hanging out in the lobby. I then observed some passengers who had boarded on an earlier leg of the journey, returning from an excursion and the light bulb went off. Maybe there was an opening for a tour that day, and I went to the desk to inquire. As luck would have it, there was. Even better, it included a gondola ride. Transport was included, so the striking taxi drivers didn't matter. The tour included a visit to Hotel Danielle, where the movie The Tourist was filmed, and then we got in our gondola at sunset for a mini cruise. The father of our young guide was on board too and brought out his guitar and began to sing. We wound our way through the historic canals to the sweet sounds of Ole Sole Mio and other traditional melodies. A day that started out with such abject disappointment ended with one of the most magical experiences of all our world travels. I absolutely love this story, Linda. It's a perfect example of being able to go with the flow and see the silver lining while on your trip. Oftentimes things don't go according to plan, 
and you so beautifully pivoted your idea of what should have happened that day and created an opportunity for you and your husband to have an absolutely amazing day in Venice. This is such a great lesson to learn too, because stuff happens, right? And you can't always account for what will go wrong when you're planning your trip. Example, the taxi drivers on strike. But what you can do instead is decide how you'll react to it. And you did that brilliantly. You could have decided to sit there and complain about it. But what you decided to do was make the most of it. And in return, you had one of the most magical travel experiences. How absolutely wonderful. I just love this story so much. Thank you for sharing it with us, Linda. I really appreciate it. If you didn't know you could submit your own travel stories to be shared on the podcast, now you do. Part of the vision I have for this podcast is for this to be a safe place for you, my listeners, to be able to tell your amazing travel stories just like Linda did here today. I would love to collect your stories so that this podcast can be somewhere you feel like you can share the experiences you had while traveling with a community who really cares and wants to listen. I believe your stories are important and worth being told and heard. So if you're willing to share your travel experiences with me so that they can be shared here on the podcast, I would love to receive them. Please email me at anxiousadventuresclub at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, my travel experience, and then fill that email with your story or stories. Once I've gathered some of your stories together, I will either read them per episode as they come in, like I did today, or depending on how many I get, do a whole episode dedicated to your stories. Please feel free to include any tips or lessons you've learned along the way. That way, this podcast can become a co-creation between you and me and really start to help those anxious adventurers out there become more brave and knowledgeable, just like Linda did here today. I can't wait to see your stories in my inbox. Okay, that concludes episode six. I hope you enjoyed my top five tips to help ease your travel anxiety and traveling with Linda to Venice. Let me know if you try any of the tips out. I would love to hear how they work for you. And as always, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you learned a little, laughed a little, and my hope is that it left you with some things to think about. I would love for you to give me a follow on Instagram at Guys. That's the place where I share all the photographs, videos, and visuals for each podcast. Plus, you can check out the fashion finds from my travels meet the artisans who make the fashion, and see all the accessories that have played starring roles in my previous stories. All right, that is it for now. Until next time, my dear anxious adventurers. Ciao y besos.